And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and everywhere else, <laughs> we're Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. So I'm reading this article here. MSNBC's Rachel Maddow becomes online punch line after saying network won't broadcast untrue things. Maddow explained the network would not take Trump remarks live for fear of the cost to us as a news organization. I know I know, you know where I'm going with this. We're going back to an oldie but goodie in just a moment here. Uh-huh. But the interesting thing is uh, in this, this is a uh, the Fox News uh, uh, story here uh, talks about the response of conservatives and mm. said, you know, basically, the you know, the what about Russia collusion? What about the Steele dossier? You know, she's peddled misinformation. What about vaccines? And, you know, and they go through, uh, by the way, they call her a Russiagate enthusiast. <laughs> enthusiast? <laughs> I guess that's accurate. I know, but a Russiagate enthusiast. <laughs> I'm an anti Joe Biden enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds like you you know save time on the weekend for it. You know, <laughs> can't wait till Saturday morning. It's a hobby, right? <laughs> gonna meet with other people, and we're gonna get together. <laughs> First, I go to my uh, my toy train club. Yeah, I'm a toy train enthusiast. Yeah, and. Uh, and I'm going to grab some coffee. <laughs> and, just, uh, and and so that's that's where they go through. And I'm like, no, no, no. Everybody's hitting the wrong thing. Yeah. You're hitting the wrong thing if you're going to analyze Rachel Maddow for saying something like that. Mm. And and we go back and we saw this. This goes back uh, about two years ago. And it was Glenn Greenwald, former liberal. He may still be a liberal, but I mean, mm. he was a known as a, a, a liberal, but now viewed as a very independent journalist. Mm-hmm. And he writes, A court ruled Rachel Maddow's viewers know she offers exaggeration and opinion, not facts. Now, this was a lawsuit that OAN put against her when she said that they are literally Russian propaganda. Right. 
And so an Obama judge heard the case. And uh, OAN sued Maddow, MSNBC, and their parent company for defamation, alleging that it was demonstrably false that the network, in Maddow's words, is literally is Russian-paid propaganda. Not just, oh, that story, that's Russia-paid propaganda. Literally is the word. Yeah. And, it's, and he writes right. here, this is Glenn Greenwald, this is one of the funniest articles ever that he's ever written, in my opinion. And it may not be his sense of humor. It's just how he explains what the judge said, the, yeah. what the legalese is about. Right. right. He goes, in an oddly overlooked ruling, saying nobody really talked about this, mm-hmm. an Obama-appointed federal judge, Cynthia Bashant, dismissed the lawsuit on the ground on the ground that even Maddow's own audience understands that her show consists of exaggeration, hyperbole, and pure opinion, and therefore would not assume that such outlandish accusations are factually true, even when she uses the language of certainty and truth when presenting them. (laughs) In concluding that Maddow's statements would be understood even by her own viewers as non-factual, the judge emphasized that what Maddow does in general is not present news, but rather hyperbole, and exploitation of actual news to serve her liberal activism. (laughs) And the judge said that. (laughs) Nobody believes it. Therefore, this is actually, therefore the court finds that the medium of the alleged defamatory statement makes it more likely that a reasonable viewer would not conclude that the statement implies an assertion of of objective fact. Anybody with a brain. (laughs) The judge's own observations about the specific segment at issue, even which in which Maddow accused a competitor of being literally paid Russian propaganda, Mm -hmm. which was even more damning, that Maddow's own viewers ruled the court, not only expect but desire that she will not provide the news in factual form, but will exaggerate and distort reality in order to shape her opinion-driven analysis. So basically, what the Obama judge says is, You can't sue Rachel Maddow, and this goes back to what you and I have always said before, Mm. because she lies, she knows she lies, her audience knows she lies, she knows that her audience knows that she lies, as she tells you that she will only accept the truth. Yeah. And, And when you and I read that, we just said, well, my God. They basically viewed her and said, well, think about this. (laughs) This judge would probably have a have a stricter ruling against the Babylon Bee, (laughs) which is pure parody. What they're really saying is Rachel Maddow is a parody of an of of a news show. Well, yeah, there is no expectation that she's going to tell the truth so you can she can never defame anybody mm-hmm. because everybody knows she's lying. Right. And if everybody knows she's lying, then you can't defame anybody. 
That is a really interesting legal point. Well, it is. I mean, first of all, with the Rachel Maddow thing, uh, we're not going to carry that because we don't carry (laughs) untruth here. (laughs) Is some kind of weird, bizarre virtue signaling that everybody laughs at. Everybody laughs at it. But it also goes much further and is is pointed out here to the basis of of who they are. We're not going to put him on the air because he might say something that is not truthful. (laughs) We will not be involved in such lies. But Biden will carry everything because we are confident he doesn't lie. That's right. (laughs) We don't know exactly what he's trying to say. But we're pretty sure it's true. <laughs> that would be the judge's ruling for Biden. Yeah. Actually, we don't know if he's lying we, we because. can't tell. We, we, we don't know. Yeah, we really can't. Tell me what he really said first. Yeah, we don't understand what he's saying. Tell me the point he was trying to make. Then we can talk about whether or not <laughs> what he said was wrong. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. It's It really is bizarre. We're not going to carry. We're better than the other networks. Well, you know something. We've well, been, your parent we, network stopped programming in order to cover the yeah. arraignment. You know, the thing is, so you can you can put them on. You you still put them on. I mean, look, we play audio cuts all the time. We'll play audio cuts of Republican and say, okay, they were right there, right there, but that's wrong there. That isn't true. Right. Right. You know, we've we've sure. done that here in the last week. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was about, but we have no problem saying, okay. That point really wasn't that wasn't really on point. That's not true. The other part are, are and we, that may be what we're making the argument uh, for when talking about it. But we'll say, and we've said it many times to Republicans, don't make your point that's ninety percent true and then destroy your entire argument with the last ten percent that's a lie. Don't do that. Exactly. So, um, we don't want to argue things. I don't want to argue something that's a lie, something that's untrue. It's useless to do so. Other people may wish to do that, but again, I just love the analysis from a liberal judge, from an Obama judge, <laughs> on Rachel Maddow after yeah. she came out and said, yeah. we're only going to carry the truth here on this network, yeah. when a liberal judge <laughs> said, well, really, she can't ever defame anybody because she's always lying, and everybody knows she's lying. She knows she's anybody lying. with a brain. Yeah, she knows she's lying. The audience knows she's lying. She knows the audience knows that she's lying. Everybody knows that she's lying. As she's telling you, she's telling you the truth. Yeah. It's like yeah. there's this club where everybody is sitting in this little bubble of delusion. Yeah. She's a Russian hoax enthusiast. <laughs> or maybe it was Russia Gate enthusiast. Russia Gate enthusiast. enthusiast. Same thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Enthusiast. I'm amazed they didn't say she's an anti Trump enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's a hobby. I mean, I guess they get enjoyment out of it. Uh, I'm an anti-Biden enthusiast and a kite enthusiast. I'm going to go fly a kite after I hit Biden. I like long drives on the beach. (laughs) Forget the walking. And I'm an anti-Biden enthusiast. My hobbies include anti-Biden things. 
And I mean, I'm I'm a world peace enthusiast. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That would be I'm our, an anti. That would be our our centerfold. Huh? I'm an anti murder enthusiast. enthusiast. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm for good things. I've been a been uh, against bad things most of my life. <laughs> what are you trying just, to be Secretary Becerra there exactly. in his testimony yeah. yesterday? I'm against bad things. I'm for good things. We're not we're not far from that being basically the testimony of anyone on Capitol Hill. Well, as you, you know, uh, propose that question to me, Senator, I'm ju- I'm just going to answer it this way. I've been for good things most my, of my life. Most of my life. Most of my life. <laughs> I like that. Are you saying not all of your life? You're saying not all of my I said most. Well, that <laughs> means not all. I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> I mean, that's where blah, we blah, are. Blah, 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 Tell blah, me what I, I just said is any more ridiculous than what he didn't say and tried to say yesterday. The answering is just all over the place. I know. It's beyond comical. It really is tragic. You have to go do it. I mean, we get every once in a while, we'll get the questions. You guys play the audio. Why is it that the GOP is insistent on them being there? Because you have to demonstrate the fact that they don't want to talk about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you... I, I've said sometimes I'd ask different questions, but again, if I did it, I'd be criticized for, you know, not asking the question that somebody else wished to right, ask. Right. But the fact is you do get out of them that they won't answer the question. Yeah. It's obvious. Anybody who is watching it knows, okay, they're not trying to answer the question. Mm-hmm. And now the Republicans are saying, all right, you won't answer the question. Okay. You won't. And it's like, you can't say they're not answering the question. Right. No, I mean, you know. And that's that, the, but that's the other thing that we're getting. But they are answering the question because you get that from Kareem Jean Pierre. I did answer your question. No, you issued a response. You issued a response to my question, but your answer had nothing to do with the question that I asked. Saying something after I asked the question does not mean you answered it. Yeah. McCarthy's got to watch that because he's starting to do that too. Yeah. Yeah. No surprise. Yeah, he he's starting to do that. He 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 did that the other day. Yeah, he goes. Well, you asked a question. I'm giving you an answer. I'm entitled to my my to my answer. Mm-hmm. None of it actually doesn't relate to the question. <laughs> well, I mean, you are entitled to whatever answer you want to give, but the challenge would be, but you're not answering my question. Mm-hmm. And I just think my thing is Republicans don't have to do that. Right. Democrats have to do that. Republicans don't. And so I get a little irked when they do. Yeah. Don't do that. You can answer. There isn't a question I can't answer. Right. I'm not going to engage if it's off topic. Yeah. I'll I'll ask you to stay on topic. But the answers should be no problem. 86690 Red Eye. Grass fed. Free range. Among the terms consumers are perhaps familiar with as marketing claims for how meat and poultry products are raised. 
Now, USDA is proposing implementation of a multi-step effort to strengthen the substantiation of such claims. We are, at this point, anticipating strongly recommending that these claims be verified by third-party certification programs. Deputy Undersecretary for Food Safety Sandra Eskin says the importance of such a step is... The Food Safety and Inspection Service, its authority begins at the slaughterhouse. We cannot go back to the farm and verify that what the documentation says is true third-party certification programs, which are private, they're not government, do that. Providing greater accuracy in labeling. In addition, FSIS with the Agricultural Research Service will conduct sampling projects to verify raised without antibiotics claims in cattle. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, Good morning. Well, the House Republican Study Committee, a proposal by the 176-member Republican Study Committee, put out a proposal yesterday raising the U.S. retirement age to collect Social Security. This is from Bloomberg, handing Democrats damaging political ammunition ahead of the 2024 election. The proposal, it's only a proposal, would gradually increase the retirement age, ultimately hitting 69 years old for those turning 62 in 2033, which means if you turned 69 in 2040 then is when you would collect Social Security. Mm -hmm. The current retirement age for full benefits well, it's somewhere between 66 and 67, I think. Uh, let me see, it'd be 67 maybe in four months or three months, something like that. Yeah. That's what it is right now. Yeah. Democrats, um, uh, under under the, uh, the plan, which is unlikely to become law, benefits of current retirees wouldn't be cut, but those expecting an earlier retirement benefit, lifetime payouts would be lower. The group has abandoned a proposal from last year that would have increased the Medicare retirement age, but they do not seek to further privatize the program. So, again, none of this is solving the problem, but Democrats are taking the stance, we don't care about doing what has to be done eventually. Uh, and they view it and they they here's Democrats view and say, look, Republicans, your own party, the people that vote for you, believe that everything can be settled by just cutting foreign aid, and wasteful spending. Yeah. The majority of Republicans believe that. That's false. And you're going to have to do something with the with the entitlement programs. What you do with it, though, is going to be very tough because the Democrats, since Bush wanted to do it 20 years ago, yeah, have basically said, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to let it. We'll let it go up in smoke. But we don't have to. We're not going to do the responsible thing. We'll leave that to Republicans and then we'll criticize them for taking uh, wanting old people to die. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, the math tells you and forget about feelings and math as the Democrats like to promote. (laughs) They're going to have to cut, I think, what is it now, 23 percent by 2033 or 2034 they would have to cut Social Security if nothing is done. All right. Right. 
So that thing, they're promoting an almost 25% cut by 2035. That's how I'd promote it if I was a Republican. Yeah, Why do it, Democrats want to cut your Social Security? Why aren't they out to save it long term? And that's the estimate right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could change between now and then. And remember, one of the things that actually extended even out a little further was because of the COVID deaths of right. elderly. Right. Yeah, it's um, it's something that's going to have to be dealt with. Whoever the president is starting in January of 25, they and their party are going to have to deal with it one way or the other. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. And I'm Gary McNamara. He is Eric Harley. So just uh, looking at this uh, uh, story here uh, from Bloomberg. For big oil, green is out, black is back. Shell pivots back to hydrocarbons looking to boost returns. And this is... In the European oil industry, green is out of fashion. Black is making a comeback. The trend has been months in the making, but it reached a high point yesterday when Shell announced what amounts to a pivot back to hydrocarbons and a promise to deliver higher returns to shareholders. Gone are the days when Shell aimed to reduce its oil production every year and lavishly invest in loss-making electricity business. Now the company's new uh, newish chief executive officer has promised that it will invest in the models that work, those with the highest returns that play to our strengths. Translation, more spending on fossil fuels, less solar, and less wind. What did you hear from the people in, in other parts of the world when they got to the point, this breaking point that they reached 
oh, we can't do this anymore on the whole solar and wind thing. And the same is happening in Europe. It will happen in the United yep. States. That we went too far with it. Uh, the last winter in the U.K. was prime example. Well, you know, you can't heat your own apartment. They call it a flat. <laughs> you can't heat your home. You can't afford to heat your home. And then at some point, if you follow the agenda long enough, it is, well, sorry, there's no supply. So it's dangerously expensive and then gets to a breaking point of just not being there at all. And we see it here in the United States. I think, uh, you know, you look at, you know, we had talked about Gavin Newsom, you know, trying to trying to be there for the savior of the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. Remember, he believes in the same insanity that has gone on in these European countries, which now they understand, and the European energy companies, we can't do this anymore. Right. We can't do this. We're killing our customers. We don't have enough energy. And think about this. The warning went out again to all the, the, the grids in the United States that get ready for brownouts and blackouts this summer if it gets too hot and then the observation you know from the uh the watchdog of the california grid that in order to reach the goal of uh that they wish to reach by 2035 of electric vehicles they will need to produce 21 percent more electricity and they can't do it they will not have electricity to uh run those vehicles because they're under the delusion that they can do it with solar and wind. Mm -hmm. And it can't happen. And we've been stating this for the longest time. And where Europe is now is where the abstract finally hit reality. Well, that's it. reality says, sorry, sorry, Mr. Abstract, you can't do that. Right. And the same thing is happening now in the United States. Mm -hmm. We're seeing it. The delusion of the left the things that were, you know, the virtue signaling, and we're seeing it across the board on every issue right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. that, oh, we can live in this nirvana world and there's no problem whatsoever. Well, except right. for this, is it, don't yeah. bring that up. If you bring it up, then you're a climate denier. Well, and that's part of the um, discussion that I was, I was talking about earlier that, you know, with the, or the conversation or the language that changes in the discussions with corporations, you know, and they start changing the language and then start changing what they do. Well, clearly here, the new CEO coming in at Shell recognizes, well, this is what we do. <laughs> and we have an obligation to serve our shareholders and be as profitable as we can. It's a given. You have to be, you have to do that responsibly. That's a given. You don't have to go out and, and virtue signal in a way that the, the, you don't have to go out and promote that you're doing things right. But it's also an indication that you're not going to win with the activists. Right. That's a great point. You, yeah. you, you so don't are, even try. Yeah, you're going to you're going to get to a point, And there were activists that showed up at their uh, global meeting uh, a few weeks ago. That always happens. That's that's typical. 
But at some point, there's going to be a, a breaking point because the governments involved are looking at it going, uh, yeah, we don't think we can do this on wind and solar. And what happens when they try? Well, inevitably, the backup is going to be natural gas. The backup is going to be a grid like they had in place before this, which is stupid because you already had that in place. Texas is a massive energy producer, but that's where they're going. Well, we're going to have natural gas as a backup. Why don't you have natural gas as the primary? Let's quit being stupid. Quit changing the language. Quit talking the language of the activists because the activist isn't talking that language anymore. You know why? Because blah, blah, blah doesn't mean blah, blah, blah anymore. Yeah. It's exactly what we said. You think you're talking their language. No, you're not because you said blah, 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 and now they're saying blah, blah, blah. (laughs) If everybody's confused out there, that's our point. Go back and listen to the podcast and earlier what we're saying, but that is the entire idea, is that they change the definition of the words. You think you're speaking their language. You think you're appeasing them. And then you're going to go out and promote your corporation as such. Look, we're blah, 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 blah. Well, that's not even the blah, blah, blah that anybody is blah, blah, blahing about anymore. You're two years behind. You're five years behind. You will never appease them ever. So you might as well not even try. You might as well you do what you need to do what, what you're what, designed to do what you're designed to as do. a corporation. Right. right. And finally, Senate Republicans unveiled their own plan to tackle student debt. As the Supreme Court is set to rule on Biden's student debt relief program, the GOP package called Lowering Education Costs and Debt Act consists of five bills the senators say will address the root causes of student debt. Now, just because it says it will address the root causes of student debt does not mean, since it has root causes, that Vice President Harris will be involved in any way, just so you know. But it will address the root causes of student debt issues such as the increasing price of college and students taking out loans they can't afford. The package was introduced by five Republican senators. The first two bills in the package specifically deal with how colleges give students information before they decide to attend. The College Transparency Act would reform the college data reporting system so students have a better inf- have better information about the outcomes at schools before committing to a university. For example, when you take gender studies, uh, the transparency will most likely show you your chance of getting a well-paying job. The Understanding the True Cost of College Act will require schools to have a similar style for their financial aid letters with the breakdown of the aid so students can compare better offers. The last three bills direct uh, deal directly with student loans, including how information is given to borrowers and limiting some borrowing. The Informed Student Borrower Act requires students to be more informed when applying for a loan by acknowledging they received student loan entrance materials or they participated in entrance counseling. Good God. Okay. 
I went to college. I knew. I'm taking. I was 18. I knew. How much we taking? How much am I making? What will the interest be? I didn't need counseling. You know, something though. I did get the counseling from Dad, didn't I? The students were to see materials that show how long it would take to pay off their loans, how much the monthly payments would be, and what they will likely make going into a certain school Mm. and program. The students would receive this information yearly. The fourth bill addresses the nine different student loan repayment options the Department of Education offers. These options with eligibility based on income and loan type gave borrowers different timeline options for paying off their loans and the amount that they would owe each month. The The bill cuts those repayment options down to two to simplify the process. The standard 10-year repayment plan for borrowers would remain and the repay program would stay with some changes. A repay program gives loan forgiveness earlier to low-income individuals who have low balances on their loans. So, Additionally, loans cannot be given to undergraduate or graduate programs that have shown the earning potential is not higher than a high school graduate or bachelor's degree under the bill. Whoa. Hmm. The last hmm. bill in the package aims to put pressure on graduate schools to lower costs, which accounts for almost half of all student loan debt taken out each year. Remember, that's graduate. So the high, remember, this is why we hmm. said this whole thing was to help bail out the elite. Uh, so we have, uh, at least two more days of decisions in, uh, the SCOTUS session, uh, today you'll hear likely some, uh, opinions come down, uh, and then quite possibly tomorrow, I don't know what they've got set aside on their calendar for next Thursday and Friday, uh, as June is pretty much, uh, end of June is the end of it. Uh, or the 29th and 30th. There's nothing on the calendar right now for the 29th and 30th. But the opinion on that could come today or tomorrow on student loans. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see if it does. Um, SCOTUS blog, by the way, a great uh, great resource. Uh, they will They do a streaming... Uh, at least every Thursday, but I think on any any opinion day, uh, scotusblog.com. Why hasn't that leaked? What? The the student loan. Have they? <laughs> decision? Yeah. Have no. they have yeah. they found opinion? the leaker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, likely not going to leak, but, um, I but know, I it know. could I mean, come down. It could come down as soon as today. We'll see. I was being sarcastic on the. Mm-hmm. On the leaker of the of the Dodds decision, mm-hmm. right? No, they uh, asking the question, but basically making. I'm confident. The question, are they there? Are they, are they still there? Or I'm they confident they know who it is, and that person is not there. I'm confident yeah. that that is the case. I think they know too. Yeah, or they. they I think they know. They knew pretty early. Right. They may not be able to prove it, but they know. And I think that person is no longer a threat in that regard. I think they're no longer there. I've always thought that, too. That yep. They know. Yep. They might. They didn't have enough evidence, but they right. know who it is. Right. Or Let suspect that sleeping dog is. lie. If the dog is no longer a threat, especially. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. 
It's Friday Radio. Uh, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, Fox News had this last night. In fact, Brett Baer did on special report, a uh, new report on the origins of COVID. It detailed uh, new strong evidence suggesting the virus did, in fact, escape from a Chinese lab in Wuhan. The study claims the researchers who led the controversial gain-of-function research, which increases infectiousness of a virus, were the first to become sick. Taking over for Brett Baer, and thanks for Newsbusters for this, uh, correspondent Mike Emanuel revealed that a new report on the online platform Substack says scientists at the lab in Wuhan were the first COVID-19 patients in the fall of 2019 while conducting the gain-of-function research. To make the record crystal clear about uh, who was right and wrong, Emanuel featured two sound bites of then White House Chief Medical Advisor Tony Fauci denying that was ever a lab leak. Mm. And in his report, Emanuel noted that the nonpartisan government accountability office is out with a new report late today, late yesterday that found that U.S. taxpayer dollars flowed to Chinese entities, including the Wuhan lab, ahead of the COVID-19 outbreak. The Shocking. Mo- the money came from the National Institutes of Health and the U.S. Agency for International Development. Ah. So there you go. Uh, as uh, Newsmax noted, all three networks did not cover the story. Right. Not surprising, but you can't hide it. You, you know, you. No, I mean you that's you, you know, I mean they're they're that's going to get to the surface, and hopefully the GOP will be on that. I think they will. Oh, um, big time. Yeah, and uh, well, well, it's also why Fauci is trying to say, "Well, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't have any part in shutting down schools and." airports and everything else and flights from other countries or anything at all what what's covid i don't even know what covid is i have a feeling now i may be going out on a limb i think Rand paul might have something to say on that story (laughs) i hope he does This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 